Hey everybody, welcome to Issue Crew Movie Reviews, Quiet Boy Riley Edition, because I have a sore throat. I am your host, Riley, joined, of course, by the one, the only, you know her, you love her, you've always known her under this exact identity, Kathy. Uh, yeah, I'm changing my name to Kathy because I like it better. Fair enough, fair enough. You, you've already been Kathy in our Discord for quite some time, and we're all like, why are you this? And you've never given us a straight answer. So I guess you just weren't ready to make the change until now. <laughs> I, I guess I just, I don't know. I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's a good name. It's kind of an old lady name, actually. <laughs> uh, fuck you. A little bit of an old lady. <laughs> oh, you, Riley is like a skater boy name. Riley is a girl name, and I have struggled with that my entire life. Riley is not a girl name. <laughs> Riley is like, it is a multi-gender name, it is not strictly boy or girl, but it definitely skews farther into girl territory. If only by a few percentage points, it is a majority a girl name. It's, I, I've never heard it as a girl name. You ever seen the Pixar film Inside Out, Kathy? No. Well... Then you would have heard. You, you ever seen the the Disney Channel sitcom Girl Meets World? No. Then you would have heard Riley is a girl name if you had seen that. Um, there. You, you ever seen the cartoon The Replacements? <laughs> I don't even. I've never even heard that name. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, these are all examples of um, at least somewhat popular media in which there is a female named Riley, um, and there are. They're the, you've hey, heard Riley. of Riley Reed. You know about Riley Reed, and I know you know about Riley Reed. So yeah, that's because she wants to be on our podcast. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Riley Reed wants to be on our podcast. But yeah, that's another girl named Riley. Uh, on, uh, do you know about the issue crew? There, there's a guy named Riley on that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. There, there is a guy named Riley on the issue crew. That's right. <laughs> Famous podcast that everybody knows about the issue crew. Um. Have you seen Into the Spider-Verse? Yes. There's no characters named Riley in it, as far as I remember. Uh, but it is a movie that we're talking about today. What do you mean there's no characters named Riley? Is there a character named Riley in the Spider-Verse? Yeah, Graggle Riley. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, the, there was the spider... There was all the spider people. There was uh, Miles Morales. There was Peter B. Parker. There was Spider-Gwen. Uh, there's Penny, there was Spider-Pig, Spider-Ham, Sp- Spider Spider-Noir, Spider and there was Spider-Graggle, whose real identity was Riley. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to talk about Spider-Noir, because that's an entire fucking can of worms. Yeah, I know there's like a whole separate comic about it. All these characters have their own separate comics, yes? Wait, even the pig one? Yeah, I think Spider-Ham existed prior. It was like a, a it was around a gag comics, but I think there were comics. All right. You know, oh, fuck. Cassie, <laughs> we're already off to a bad start. Can I... So, why do you insist on changing the nickname of every person in the server, including our new co-host, Random Candor, who you've changed <laughs> to be his opposite evil twin, Predictable Cant Window? <laughs> because it's funny. <laughs> Please stop. It is funny, but don't do it, because people will get annoyed. <laughs> I don't even think I can change Predictable Cant Window's name back. No, 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 it, it's on him now, or on me, but... 
I, I'm not going to do it. He can do it if he wants. He has the power. And, and so does everybody, really. But just, just like, don't start changing him back if people change them. All right. But, uh, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. Ah, God, now I have the hiccups. Fuck. Tell me about it. Tell us about Into the Spider-Verse. Give us our little, little one-paragraph plot synopsis before we go into a deeper discussion of the film. Into the Spider-Verse is a movie where Miles Morales gets bitten by a spider, and in doing so, he gains the powers of Spider-Man. He then sees Spider-Man die, killed by the Kingpin and, well, Green Goblin, I guess? Well, that's specific, so... Green... Green fucking demon monster. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna get into that design choice later, but he gets killed by the Kingpin... And Miles Morales sees Spider-Man die, the old Spider-Man. So he watched in this, Jane die. Uh, so in this, Miles Morales <laughs> becomes the new Spider-Man. And he's very confused as, what the fuck do I do now? I can't take on Kingpin. How do I do a Spider-Man? I don't know. And then suddenly, five other Spider-Men, including Gwen, uh, another Peter Parker... Spider-Noir, Spider-Ham, and the anime girl come from a portal and are like, okay, so we gotta take out down Kingpin and get to our own dimensions, because if we don't, we're all gonna die. They have this, like, random glitching effect, and so what happens is Miles and Peter, who are the only ones who have met so far, go to a secret facility and try to get a chip that will help them shut down the machine that's putting these Spider-Man in their dimension. After that, uh, they kind all the Spider-Man get together and they're like, "All right, Miles is shit. Let's not bring him on what we're doing." And no, then... I, th- I thought that it actually was that the other Spider-Man didn't say that at all, but Peter B. Parker realized that that was the case and took action. Well, all I think it was all of them collectively. They, they, they all like they all eventually agreed on it. But I think it was the conceit that Peter B. Parker was the like real warrior that like we can't bring this kid. He's not ready. Like the other ones seemed genuinely sad about it. But he's like, no, 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 this has to happen. No, I thought it was that they all thought he wasn't ready. Well, I mean, maybe it is just they all thought he wasn't ready, but they're still like sad about it. But the way I perceived it was when they were all like kind of frowning. It's like. We really want to give him a chance, but like Peter Peter B. Parker did convince us that maybe it's not the best idea, so we kind of just have to grin and bear it. So like they came to an agreement, but I don't th- I don't think they're happy about it. That's fair. And um, after that, all the Spider Men go to Kingpin's place and they try to shut everything down. But then Miles Morales comes back and he's like, "Okay, I can do this." After a pet. Wait, talk hold on. Pet. So. We're going to go through the entire plot anyway, because you do that every episode. When I asked for a one paragraph, I just meant, like, the premise. <laughs> oh. the, the, the premise is that uh, Miles Morales, by chance, becomes a second Spider-Man, and then the first Spider-Man is killed, so he is thrust into an adventure where he has to stop Kingpin from destroying the world, and he meets Spider-Man from other dimensions that were brought there by Kingpin, and has to team up with them to stop him. That's that's it. That's you better... You're better at compressing words than I am, all right? <laughs> it, it seems. It seems that might be the case. All right. Did so I, do you did mean... I say not eat? 
Mm. Did I, I meant to say, did I say not Kathy again? But then I started saying the thing I wasn't supposed to say. <laughs> I, I, whatever. I'm, try, um, I'm but, trying here, my friend. All right. So do you want to go through this movie beat by beat like we normally do? Or do you want to just... I mean, there are some discussions I want to have. Um, and then from that point, if we haven't filled enough air, um, then I'm willing to go through the plot summary. I just think that, like, in general, we got to try to condense that a little bit, you know, because it's like it is a movie review podcast, not a movie recap podcast. The, the point is we're supposed to have discussions about the contents of the film rather than just go beat by beat. And beat by beat can lead to discussions. But it's just like if that if that part goes on too long, then it feels like there's more of that than there is the discussion. You know what I mean? That, that's fair. So, so first thing I want to discuss is, if you'll remember, in the previous, I believe it was the previous episode of this show, the Spectacular Spider-Man one was the last one we did, I believe. Um, yeah. And I said that I prefer Peter Parker over Miles Morales, and I still, I still hold that as my opinion. However, I will say that when I first watched this movie, so... I've discussed this recently, um, and this might be pretentious to say, uh, but it's just kind of how I feel now. Um, throughout the last couple of years of doing like podcasts and shit um, and trying to analyze media, I've picked up this like superhuman ability to like see like deep, inherent story value in literally anything. And it, it, it's not that hard to see in Spider-Verse, but like I, I didn't have any of that when Spider-Verse actually came out and I saw it in the theater. So I was like, yeah, this is a cool Spider-Man movie. I appreciate the characters on a baseline level. Um, and Miles is the star and Miles has his story. But the Peter Parker story in this movie is very fucking good. Because if you look at the, if you frame the movie from the perspective of Peter B. Parker, it is the story of a washed up old Spider-Man who has ruined his personal relationships um, and is struggling and suddenly he's thrust into this situation um, where he has to, like, be Spider-Man full-fledged best he can, um, but he kind of forgets what that means. Um, and Miles, this young new upstart throughout the film, leads him back on the right path and reminds him of, with great power comes great responsibility, and reminds him of his moral and personal obligation to do right by people. And yeah. I think that is a very good Peter Parker story, and I'm super into it. I I agree with you, but to be honest, there's two characters you didn't mention who also have great fucking stories. Uh, Kingpin really fucking impressed me in this movie, and so did Gwen. Yes, the, the Kingpin and Gwen also had great stories. Kingpin's backstory with his family is very tragic, um, and of course, Gwen um, and her... Oh. Her story with uh, her universe is Peter Parker and how she rises to become Spider-Gwen and kind of pushes people away. And Miles oh. and and friends have to lead her to not do that anymore. That is also a very good story. Well, here's the thing. I want to talk about that, actually. There's this one specific moment with Gwen where even Gwen is like, okay, Peter, Peter B. Parker, you need to get your fucking shit together. Um, yeah, Gwen is very aware that Peter B. Parker has kind of become a loser, and she's a lot more she's a lot more aggressive about it than Miles Morales is. Hold on, hold on. There's this one moment that I want um, to mention with Gwen. Mm -hmm. Gwen tells Peter that he has to move on. I just want to mention in the movie it says that Gwen lost her best friend, which was fucking Peter Parker. 
she's literally telling him to move on from something he lo- she he lost while she's like directly staring she at hasn't him. moved on from losing him <laughs> yeah basically because like this is the first time Gwen has seen Parker in like fucking years yeah can we also talk about how this universe is uh, Peter Parker is uh, a perfect Aryan specimen? I, <laughs> I don't he's got, like. He's got blonde hair. He's got blue eyes. He has super strength. It's literally I, I don't like the playbook. Blonde. I don't like blonde Peter Parker. Speaking of character designs, what the fuck happened to Green Goblin? What Green Goblin is a guy who wears a mask. He's not a disgusting beast creature. I'm okay with you making him a disgusting beast creature, but why is he, like, the fucking size of a super collider? Yeah, that's the thing, is, like, he's just, like, instead of being this sort of down-to-earth villain, he's just this, like, big fucking brute who's, this again, the size of a super collider. It just, it doesn't fit Green Goblin at all. Yeah, I, I don't fucking... I, I don't know why the fuck. And they put Green Goblin in here for, like, one fucking second. And, like, just at the beginning of the movie, and then he never shows up. Also, why is Green Goblin working for Kingpin for some reason? What the I fuck? assume, okay, I'm gonna give the writers of Spider-Verse the benefit of the doubt here. I feel like there might exist a comic universe in which this is Green Goblin. Like, he's not hes not Norman Osborn, or at least he's not anymore, and he was mutated somehow, and this well, is what he is. Well, Riley, that, that is true, but he's never fucking 50 times the size of Spider-Man in okay. any comic that fair, I know. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. So there, there, always... is a, there is a comic, though, in which Green Goblin gets, like, mutated and lose all, loses all of his humanity. Uh, he doesn't, he retains his mind in the comics. He acts like he's lost his mind and that the reason he's like this is because of the Green Goblin syrup. But he actually does have his mind and he actually does want to be the Green Goblin. He does have his mind and he wants to be the Green Goblin, but he can't, like, speak anymore and he is a creature. Uh, he can speak. Oh, okay. But he's still, like, a villain by his own choice. I do I do need to read comics because I know they're good. Like I've seen like parts of comics and been like super impressed with the characterization. I'm just so used to adaptations and I love the adaptations that I love. Like I can watch Spectacular Spider-Man a million times and enjoy it every time. Um but I do need to branch out a little bit. Uh, also, I got some of the comics. One of my just real quick I want to say one of my favorite moments I've ever seen from the Spider-Man comics. I saw this, it was like a page somebody posted on Twitter, and it was from uh, Superior Spider-Man, the, uh, the Doc Ock takes Spider-Man's body storyline that everybody loves. Um, and it's, at this point, uh, Doc Ock gives control back to Peter, oh, um, and, and, Green, and Green Goblin is aware that Spider-Man is Dr. Octavius at this point. So, wait, wait, real... Yes. Is this the moment where Doc Ock, like, Peter Parker cracks some stupid joke at Doc Oblin and he just stares at him and says, it's you. Yes, yes. I love it so much. <laughs> he just, like, he makes some joke about Green Goblin having a man purse and then he's just like, it's you. And he's like, the one and only. I love that so much. <laughs> I, I like, I, I love that moment. And there's so many good moments in the Superior Spider-Man. It's that's why Miles is my second favorite Spider-Man. Doc Ock is my favorite Spider-Man. 
<laughs> wow. But um, I also just wanted to mention of Spider-Man comic. I think this one is miles ahead of Spectacular Spider-Man. I I personally disagree, but I think that comes down to a matter of preference and just like what characters and what stories I prefer. Like this movie is amazing. Right. I I would argue that Spectacular Spider-Man is also amazing, and that it's just kind of a matter of personal preference which one you prefer. Yeah, the, Miles, so funny. You're so hilarious, Kathy. Thank you. <laughs> Such a funny gal. Just the got the whole squad laughing. And I, and I also wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice that when Miles and Gwen are in the classroom? Uh, while they have the screen on and they're sh- like in physics class or whatever, it's actually Doctor Ock that's talking. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, the teacher has like a video on, and it's Doctor Octopus on the screen who's talking, like the one from the Miles universe. Yeah, I, 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 there are probably a lot of little details I didn't notice. I will, uh, I will uh, admit my sins to you and the audience. Um, so. I have seen this movie in its entirety. I saw it in theaters when it came out, and I do remember it decently well. Um, but I do usually make it a general rule to rewatch films if I'm going to talk about them on this podcast. Um, but the way that things worked out, I was not convinced that I was going to do this podcast tonight because I'm sick with a sore throat, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but then eventually I thought about it, and I'm like, uh, we already didn't do it last week. I don't want to miss another week. And my sore throat isn't bad enough that I feel like I can't make it through a podcast. I mean, so I decided, you... I decided to do it, but the thing was, I didn't have a lot of time to watch the movie. Uh, so I ended up committing the ultimate sin, uh, the worst thing any man could possibly do in his life, and watch the movie at 1.5 times speed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it, was, it was truly awful, but it reminded me about like a lot of the little things that I didn't remember and thus like renewed my appreciation for the film. However, there are probably a lot of like really little details, like what you just mentioned, that I missed. Riley, if you, if, you, if you feel too bad, we can end the podcast. No, I, feel, I, I literally do feel fine. Like it's a, there's like a little bit of irritation in my throat, but it's nothing that's going to be debilitating. Like I can oh. make it through a two-hour podcast without it being a big deal, as long as I'm not like screaming. And c- considering we both like this movie, I don't think there'll be much screaming. All right. I, I just want to say, if like, you need to get some water or anything, feel free to do so. Don't torture yourself. Yeah, no, I got you. Thank you. But I'm, I'm good. I promise. But, um, okay, there are a few moments that I want to mention. Um, yeah, when, when Dr. Octopus is on screen, you can see the name Olivia, but you can't see the name Octavius because Miles is blocking it with his body. It's in front of the projector. Okay, so they foreshadow that. And then in the scene where she's actually uh, Octavius, you know her name is Olivia. And then Peter's like, what's your name again? And she's like, Olivia Octavius, you're like, oh shit! <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of a slow build. I I, I get you. That's that's pretty yeah. cool. I, I fucking uh, you, can I go later? I want to go on a rant about how much I fucking love that scene. You you can go on that rant now, by all means. Hold on, I have like ten different rants about how much I love this movie to go on. <laughs> okay, well, do <laughs> them in whatever order you see fit, Ida. <laughs> oh, fuck, Kathy. Uh, I liked um, that uh, Aaron Paul was Miles' um, uncle. I don't think that was Aaron Paul. 
<laughs> that was Aaron. I don't think he was Aaron Paul. He was very much not the same color as Aaron Paul. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. They both have beards, kind True. of. True. True. Race doesn't matter. All that matters is amount of facial hair. The Chad. Chad. <laughs> and also, let's get this out of the way right now. Let's, because we're both going to be fucking gushing about this throughout the entire movie. I yep. love the animation. The animation is so good. That is very much true. A lot of... A lot of CGI movies look weird to me. Like, it's hard to get me to enjoy CGI visuals. Like, even if they're, like, really nice and clean, I usually prefer a traditional 2D animation. And while I can't necessarily speak to how I would feel about this movie if they did do it traditional 2D animation, maybe I'd like it better, I don't know. But the CGI in this movie is beautiful and great, and I love it a lot. I, um... This is probably, in terms of animation, this is the second best animated movie I've ever seen. Like, in, I, I don't mean this is the second best movie I've ever seen. I mean... Just in terms that, of animation, visually. Yeah, visually, this is the second best animated movie I've ever seen. So, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the best animation I've ever seen is. Now, I, I'm going to say this, and you're going to say, fuck you, but... I'm just Don't. making this clear. This is about the animation. Uh, let's not Don't. let's not use our inherent biases here uh, for a franchise we don't like. I think. Like, the, the, what do you think I'm going to say? You're going to say Pokemon movie? No, I am not. No, 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 no. The the Pokemon movies look great, but not that great. Um, the the best animation I've ever seen, I think, is uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly. I don't know if you've ever seen like the trailer or anything, but like the animation in that film is stellar. I I don't I've never watched it so maybe it is. But the best animated animation I've ever seen is if you watch this movie you would literally be forced to agree with me. Okay. It's called The Thief and the Cobbler and it's this beautiful hand animated masterpiece that that was in production for like 30 fucking years and it's genuinely the most like beautiful animation I've ever seen, and it's all done by hand. Maybe you should pick that on your next turn, then, though, because I would love to see that. I w I was actually thinking about picking it for this one, but here's the thing: as a movie, it doesn't really have much in terms of plot. I see. I don't, I don't really think it would be good for this podcast. Well, I mean, I think we could have enough discussions about the plot and discussions about how good the animation is. That you see, Ida. This podcast doesn't always have to be two hours. It doesn't even all have have to be an hour necessarily. If we get a solid like forty minute conversation, that is a decent movie review podcast. And no, it, I feel like we could achieve that with pretty much any film. I mean, well, in terms of the plot, things just kind of happen, and there's no real reason for them. The main focus isn't the plot; it's the animation. Yeah, that's fair. And and that would be hard to con convey in auditory podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna be real with you. Um, just try to find some movies uh, because between uh, between Better Call Saul and that other show that we're reviewing that I don't want to spoil yet, um, I don't know if I can stack season two of Spectacular or season oh, yeah, two of on. Xavier on that anytime soon. Am so I we should be picking that, movies. Hold on. I'm DMing you the other show, but is, are you talking yes, about this show? the show? <laughs> this show, the one that I just DM'd you. 
know. The, oh, I forgot oh, okay. about that one. <laughs> okay, I, I okay, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, but um, I'm reviewing that one with demi gloom. Unless you could finish the entire first season like within the next couple days, <laughs> I do not think I can. But um, <laughs> well, I guess what... if you're really invested on being on that review, we can wait uh, for I'm... you. I uh, no no. Okay, okay. I have enough cool. stuff going on, but gotcha, um, gotcha. I I was lost in a train of thought. Um, what was I going to say? In terms of, like, recordings and things, I, I genuinely forgot what I was about to say. Well, don't worry about it. Tell us more about something you love about Spider-Verse. <laughs> I, all of the references for Spider-Man fans are great. Like, remember that room, like, it, it was in the shed behind Aunt May's house. Yeah, yeah, the, like, like spider room. And it has all the spider suits from all like different kinds of shit. Like it had the iron spider. It had I don't even fucking know what. It oh, had were there bunch... were there like a bunch of suits that were like relevant to the comics? Yes, there were. That's cool. That's pretty sick. And one of them had a cape, and that was a. And I'm pretty sure that was from the Doctor Strange comic. Spider Man have a cape to go go along with his friend Doctor Strange. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where that comes from. I, I could be wrong. And also, do you want to talk about when Spider-Man gets his powers and when Uncle Aaron brings him down to here and Uncle Aaron says, I, work at, I worked as an engineer down here, implying that he worked for Kingpin on the Collider. Oh, shit. I didn't really think about the connection there. But yeah, I guess that is probably what he was referring to. Yeah, and I thought that was like that was a cool little moment. Every, yeah, everything is, about this movie is just fucking cool. It is a very cool movie. Um, it's also, I, can I just real quick? I have a rant um, because this is this has nothing to do with the creators of the movie, rather than rather the distributors of the movie, which I believe is Sony Pictures. Still, they own the rights to distribute this movie. Um, it's not on any streaming services anymore, and that is a fucking crime. I had to rent this movie on YouTube for $4, and I'm not happy about that, and I feel like a movie as good as this should be easily accessible, and it really pisses me off that they pulled it from Netflix and didn't give it a new home. They just said, uh, fuck you, if you want to watch it, you gotta buy the DVD or rent it on fucking Amazon or YouTube. Yeah, that fucking sucks, and I really hope they don't do that with the upcoming sequel. Uh, what is it called? Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that movie, especially because it's going to have a character that I am, like, one of the ten human beings in the United States of America that, like, knows about. Not really. A lot of people know about it. But, like, I'm... it's it's such a niche Spider-Man thing. The, the fucking 1970s Japanese tokusatsu Spider-Man is going to be in I this movie. I know about that. And I'm very excited to see their interpretation of this character. I know about that. Yeah, I'm not saying that you don't. I'm just saying in general, it's not a very common... Like, if you're just a baseline Spider-Man fan, you've probably never heard of fucking 1970s Japanese Spider-Man, and I'm very excited to see them bring him to life in a more mainstream uh, sp piece of Spider-Man media. And I also want to say that I'm fucking begging you. If, if anybody listening to this works on the Spider-Verse, which, let's be honest, we're not cool enough for that... <laughs> Yeah, if we if we have any fucking Spider-Verse animators in our midst, yeah, what do you, what? 
Ask them your question, Ida. Please add the original Spider-Man who went into the Spider-Verse. Because the original Spider-Verse comics were centered around the superior Spider-Man. Were they actually? Yeah, that was the first appearance of the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, but into the Spider-Verse, the comic had nothing to do with superior Spider-Man, I don't think. Yes, it did. Because the Spider-Man that went... The spider the Spider-Verse stuff started with Superior Spider-Man. Okay. Okay. I I'm not super familiar with the comic arc. Um all I know is that I, I know that the Japanese Spider-Man is in it. I know that a lot of Spider-Man are in it. I know that the fucking Disney XD TV Spider-Man is in it, which is really funny. <laughs> then the fucking original Spider-Verse arc is kind of notoriously not very good. Is that he, true? I, did, I never heard about that. I, I don't think it's very good. But that's a story for a different time, I guess. I suppose. <laughs> but, um... Oh, I want to talk about this excellent symbolism moment. Because Riley... Riley oh, film student. Uh, but yeah, you keep... Fucking pretentious you see, film student fuck, tell me. You keep seeing this bridge with the word visions on it all throughout the movie, and it's clearly placed near Miles Morales, and it's clearly trying to communicate something because of how many times they show it and how often they do it. Oh, for sure. That's that's not pretentious film student stuff. Well, it is kind of, but it's it's certainly valid, and I agree with you um, that that is a really good, subtle thing that they did. Yeah, I really like it, and... Like, they show it at the end of the movie with Miles Morales being happy and shit, and that's really cool, you know? Yeah, pretty cool. Um... Uh, so, fun fact, uh, for the audience at home, this has nothing to do with the movie, but I think, I think it'll be a chuckle to hear. Um, I have gravely miscalculated the amount of money I have left. I probably should not have rented into the Spider-Verse. I should have watched it on my laptop or told you that we were doing it another day. Because I thought I had like $20. I have $3. Wait, wait. You have negative $1 now? No, I have $3. No, no, no. The the total right now, including the Spider-Verse rental. So I had like $7. And now I have $3. That's pretty bad. It's it's I'm I feel like there's something wrong here. <laughs> I I'm gonna have to look into this a little further. Um but I'll do that passively and you can continue talking about Spider Verse. Okay. I I hope everything's okay for you, but Oh, oh shit. Not... What? Wait. What? Oh my god, it is December first. Yeah, I know why. I, I I did make a grave miscalculation. I forgot Patreon comes out today. Well, that was my bad. Mystery solved. Nobody stole my money. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> uh, okay. But, um... I, I want to mention, do you remember the... You remember the hair scene, right? Yes. Well, when Miles Morales puts his hand on her and, like, the sticky web stuff gets caught in her hair, Gwen literally tells him how to get get it get unstuck. She's like, okay, just relax. You need to relax and focus. And, like, Miles is just panicking the fuck. That reminds me, I don't think we talked about the cum joke in Spectacular Spider-Man last time. Cum joke? Do you remember the cum joke? Are you 
I do not think there is a real cum joke. They the Spider Man's webbing is used as the vice for cum, but it is a hundred percent a cum joke. There is a there is a scene in the in the episode where uh, Peter first gets the symbiote on him, and he's fighting Black Cat. Um, she (laughs) they're fighting, and he's like doing Spider Man web shit, and she tells him, "Don't get your goop in my hair." And he responds, don't worry, it comes out with ice or peanut butter. That is certainly a cum joke. <laughs> Wait, is that... There's no fucking... Uh, what? There is no fucking way cum gets stuck in your hair. I Listen, I don't know about the ice and peanut butter thing being about cum, but the Black Cat, the most like seductive, the seductive character, saying, don't get your goop in my hair, that was definitely a cum joke. <laughs> I think you're gaslighting me. But she says that. I promise you she says don't. I remember her saying that, but there's no that way is, that's the outcome. That is a thousand percent a cum joke. Uh, all right. So, Riley, what do you have to say about the this movie? Um, I mean, I, I think it's very good. Again, um, obviously there's four, there's four great character stories here. Probably a couple more if you look a little deeper. Um... It's just everything is very well written. Everything is very well done. The animation is very beautiful. Um, every spider character kind of at least gets like one kind of moment to shine. Even the kind of more minor ones like Penny and uh, Peter Porker um, get get their moment in the sun. Uh, like the, Peter Porker's fucking badass moment goes hard actually. When <laughs> that that might be my favorite scene. <laughs> Spoilers. I don't think it actually will be, but it's up there. Um, when Scorpion is like, what are you, some kind of silly cartoon? And then he's like, you got a problem with cartoons? And then he just starts kicking ass. It was epic. Yeah, that, that, that was a funny scene. I liked all the, like, the different spider, like the spider noir scene. I, like, I thought that was kind of funny. I love the spider origin stories. Uh, the noirs was very good. The little, the, the little bit about the match was was quite got good. Uh, Nicholas Spider Noir is voiced by fucking Nicholas Cage in this film, and I love it. A lot. There's no fucking way. It is hundred percent Nicholas Cage. I promise you, that's true. Right I'm now. not gaslighting you. That is real. Okay. Um. Do you want to talk about the fucking badass Doctor Oct? No way. Well, hold on. I want to talk about a scene that became very sad after this movie came out. Okay. Stan Lee. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, you could say that about any fucking Stan Lee cameo, but, like, yeah, it is It is unfortunate that that man is no longer with us, and his cameo in this movie was pretty significant to Miles' story, I think. So, yeah, Holy I guess it, it, it definitely is a sad undertone now that we know that that man is no longer with us. You weren't kidding. It actually is Nicolas Cage. Yeah, it, it certainly is. I wouldn't lie to you. But yeah, the the Stanley thing, kind of sad now. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, but there's this one... I love... I just want to say real quick, I, I respect the hell out of Stanley and his just, like, absolute genuine love for being a cameo. That he will just, like, do it all the time, no matter what. He cameoed in Teen Titans Go! the movie, and the the joke is that he shows up and he's like, he's like, I don't care if this is a DC movie. I love cameos, and it's fucking great. I, I did not watch that movie. 
Yeah. Um. It actually, from what I've heard, it's pretty good. That from what I've heard, there's like Teen Titans Go is like eighty percent awful schlock, but like twenty percent of it is very good actually, and the movie is part of that twenty percent. Huh. All right. Um. Let's see. Oh, can we address this movie? I think was referencing something with Peter Parker and Mary Jane, Peter B. Parker. What were they referencing? Do you know about the radioactive cum? I'm vaguely familiar with this, yes, that she, she like, gets cancer from Peter's radioactive cum in some weird comic, yes. In some weird comic, Peter kills Mary Jane with his radioactive semen. And in this movie, I think they acknowledged it when Peter said, when Peter says, um... She wanted kids, and it scared me. I don't think that that's what they were saying. I think that was just, uh, Peter B. Parker is not ready for that kind of commitment because he's a schlubby old man. I don't think that it went that deep. It would be cool if it did. Fair enough. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of weird sex shit in Spider-Man, y'all. There's also that one storyline where he just, like, there's a spider girl named Silk, and they just, like, can't stop fucking, and that's the plot. They have, they have like, a chemical reaction to each other, and they just, like, can't stop fucking. It's really funny. There's a comic where, like, Dr. Octopus is fucking Aunt May. That's unfortunate. There's like also he, that comic he, where Green Goblin is fucking Gwen Stacy, which is also that, a weird that one. That one's fucking stupid, and everybody hates it. I saw like a, I saw a funny meme about it though. Like I was not expect. It's one of those memes that it's like it's really stupid, but the fact that I saw it not expecting it at all, it gave me like a, a chuckle, an intrusive chuckle. Where you know that like little meme where it's like the little uh, anime drawings of the boy and the girl, and they text each other, and then they like both like lay down with a smile. It's like that weird like romantic meme, and usually people fill it in with dumb bullshit. You know this meme I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. There's a meme of that where it's Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy, and they're, like, texting each other about how much they love each other, and then the last panel is Gwen Stacy getting railed by Green Goblin. (laughs) This is why comic writers should not write women. (laughs) Okay. I mean, literally every single fucking comic I've ever read, I have never seen a good female character. Mm, I don't read a lot of comics. Let me think about this. I guess most of the comics I've read are fucking manga, and there are plenty of good female characters in manga. That's a separate thing. Um, but I haven't read a lot of American comics, so I can't really speak to it. Um. All right. Can we can we review comics? <laughs> Fuck a movies. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> some comics. Wait, right, right, Riley. <laughs> Genuinely, if you want to read a comic. Please read Irredeemable. I will reread it, and we can do a podcast about it. It's so fucking based. We we can make like the same deal we make about the movies, where I will read Irredeemable if you read Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the comic. <laughs> uh, deal. I <laughs> honestly, I I don't know if I'm gonna move on this because I don't want to rebrand because it feels weird. Um, but I feel like this should just be like the Issue Crew review podcast, because we do talk about TV shows at this point almost as much as we talk about movies. And I also kind of want to review other things. 
But I I think it would be even funnier if we just like open the floodgates and we review comics and shit, but it's still issue crew movie review. I, I was gonna say <laughs> we're, we're in sync here because I was gonna say the exact same thing. Yeah, so that's that's the bit is that this show is called Issue Crew Movie Reviews, but we can review whatever the fuck we want. Fuck off. <laughs> like genuinely talk with me after the show's over and we can discuss times because I really I, want to... I don't want to set times yet because I am a bit I am busy, but we will we will talk soon. Just not tonight. I need to get my shit together a little bit. <laughs> you know what would be funny if like for April first we just decided fuck it, we're gonna review houses now. Yes. <laughs> House review. <laughs> Issue crew movie review. Issue crew movie reviews episode seventeen, two three one Marbury Lane property on sale review. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that that that, that's kind of fucking. I I like that. But um, can can we talk about the scene? Sure, let's talk about the scene. I fucking love Doctor Octopus in this movie. Okay, tell me more. Dr. Octopus in this movie, the way they did it is so fucking based because nobody saw it coming. And the clues were there. Even when Spider-Man says, when Spider-Man says something about reaffirming his gender biases or whatever the fuck, you see that he thought the head scientist was Dr. Octopus. Yes. And it was hinted so fucking much and nobody saw it coming, and it's so fucking good. The way that I do like one of the funniest lines in this film, as part of this scene, is when Spider is when Peter B. Parker is giving the lowdown of his plan, and he's like, "Step three: find the head scientist." And then his like his like weird fantasy world where he's where this plan is being taken into action. He's like looking at a guy scientist, and then Miles is like, "Oh, I know her. It's this girl." And then he's like, "Okay, next step: evaluate yeah. my." Gen- <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was talking about. That guy yeah. scientist was Doctor Octopus. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's cool too. But I'm saying I also baseline really liked the joke of that scene. <laughs> Step four: <laughs> evaluate my racial, not my racial biases. Fuck, <laughs> evaluate my gender biases. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Doctor Octopus reveal. Just the way it's played, she's like. Okay, Spider-Man, I've always wanted to study you, and it's like, oh, cool, this is just like a normal scientist. And then she traps Spider-Man in the arm trap thing, and then she's like, and then he's like, uh, what did you say your name was again? Olivia Octavius. And it's, oh, shit. And then the oh, fucking, fuck. And then the fucking arms come out. I also really like the design of this Dr. Octopus. Like, the plastic arm things are really cool. Yeah, the design does go very hard. I agree with you. And, um... Real, real quick, I gotta piss. Feel free to either stay quiet so this cuts out or to keep talking, but I won't be here for a second. Let's keep talking. So, Dr. Octopus is genuine. Genuinely, do yourself a favor if you're, if you're hearing this. You should read... The Superior Spider-Man. It's one of the best Spider-Man comics out there, even though it's not about Miles. No, it's not even one of the best. It's just the best. It's not even about Miles. It's not about Parker. It's about Dr. Octopus and Spider-Man's body, as we said earlier. And it is so fucking based. Um, genuinely. Just read it. 
Uh, let's see, what else do we have to talk about while Riley's not here? Um, let's say, um, I want to talk about the Miles falling off a building scene. That one was cool. Where Miles was like, okay, okay, I have to jump, I have to jump. And then he just says, okay, that's a really long fall. I don't want to do that. So then what happens is he will, he climbs back down, sees a shorter building, and just starts running for it. And he isn't the one who actually makes the jump. He trips and falls into the jump, so it wasn't actually him doing it. Although he does stick the landing. Wait, does he stick? Uh, I can't remember. He does stick the landing. Um, It's kind of like... Basically, it's Miles tripping and falling into Spider-Man, just like he kind of tripped and fell into Spider-Man recently. And compared to the old Peter, he's nothing. And then at the end of the movie, Miles willingly jumps off the building, which was very cool. It's a very cool little character moment, and it's very intentional. And I love this fucking movie. It's so good. This is a very good film. Uh, oh, Riley is back from pissing. I am back from pissing, that is true. I also, um, let's see, uh, what, what do you want to talk about? Oh, Aunt May! Aunt May? I, I dig Aunt May in this movie a lot. I like that they gave us, like, the Aunt May who knows that Peter is Spider-Man and who, like, becomes the, like, badass aunt who just, like, has the secret spider shack and helps miles at that at, at the end like that like she is a fucking badass and i love it a lot do you want to talk about aunt may fucking destroying tombstone does that happen in this movie she literally hits tombstone with a bat out of the house i must have missed that scene it's in there what happens? Like, out of the spider den? Like, when all of the villains come to Aunt May's house, oh, Aunt May grabs... Oh, shit! I Aunt do May... remember that now, actually. Holy yeah. shit, yeah, that was great. That was cool. Man, I, like, tears well up in my eyes over Uncle Aaron, man. That is a rough origin story for, for Mr. Yeah. Miles Morales. Yeah, Aaron is the purple man. The man behind he's, the fire. He's, he's <laughs> purple Uncle Aaron flying around. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Morales when he changed. Fucking go. You remember the uh, the submarine scene in this movie? <laughs> yeah, I really like the submarine scene in this movie. <laughs> oh, inside Zoidberg. What a what a what a national treasure. Fucking. <laughs> Um, yeah, Uncle Aaron dies because after Miles takes off his mask and shows him that he's him, Uncle Aaron is like, oh, shit. And then Kingpin fucking shoots him. That was fucked up. That was so unnecessary. (laughs) Why? It was. Speaking, we haven't talked about Kingpin at all this movie. No. Well, I mean, we talked about him briefly in, like, the list of characters that had good character arcs. Okay, um, you can talk about him. Uh, well, I mean, in general, it's just, like, he he's the kingpin. The kingpin has always been a great villain in Spider-Man media. Um, 
it. And the way they treat him in this movie is very well. I like the I like the the design, even though it's really goofy. I love it a lot. Um, and I really like obviously the the character backstory that he uh, he lost his family in a tragic trash that he caused because they walked on him trying to they walked in on him trying to kill Spider Man and they very frank frantically drove away and then got hit by a truck. So now his his goal is to go into another dimension and get a new family, <laughs> which I I understand the motivation. It is it is to some level obviously. It, it, it's the kind of motivation where it's like, obviously this plan is awful and you are going to kill several people, but like, you also sympathize a little bit. It's like, I get it. I don't know, if I had the power to do the same thing in this same scenario, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily rule the possibility out immediately if I thought about it realistically. So like, I get it. Honestly, like, I could definitely see myself doing something like that. I, I, I... I hope that I wouldn't, but it's one of those things where it's like, you never know until it happens. Like, you can, you can hypothetically make a moral call based entirely on your own, like, logic and morality, but once something actually happens and that emotional factor is introduced, you never know what you're capable of until that actually happens. I mean, to be all, I think, frankly, we're all capable of pretty monstrous shit, but that's a fucking whole can of worms. Also, I want to mention, uh... Miles' dad's name is Jeff. Yeah. And I kind of like that both Miles and Aaron, I mean, not Miles, Jeff and Aaron uh, had chances to talk about each other, and they both kind of seemed disappointed in each other before Jeff sees Aaron dead. Like, they're kind of disappointed in each other, but, like, it's obvious they love each other. Like, subtly... Subtly, it's there. Like, they're brothers, they disagree on each other's lifestyles, but, like, the love is there. And when Jeff sees Aaron die, it's, or sees him dead, he doesn't see him die, um, it, you could tell he's heartbroken, and he truly cares about his brother, even though he disagrees with how he conducts himself, especially now that he knows he's a supervillain, uh, but the, the love is there, and it's... I mean, I don't think he knows that he's a supervillain. Well, I mean... If He's you in saw a fucking a, costume, if that you is, saw your brother dead in a costume, I'm pretty sure your immediate assumption wouldn't be he's a supervillain. Well, yeah, but who's going around dressed as the Prowler? The Prowler in, in the real world, you might see somebody dressed as the Prowler, but in this world, the conceit of the Prowler is that he's just a criminal that does well, I, evil I'm things. Cop, you know, well, I guess he is a cop. I think that I think the Prowler is public knowledge. Um, I don't think he's like a secret villain. I think he's fought Spider-Man quite publicly. Um, I might be wrong about that, but I, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's that's a good point. <laughs> it's he I mean, might he might not know, but I don't think it matters within the yeah, that's right. he loves yeah. his brother anyway. Yeah, that's right. Um, I also really like the scene where Jeff goes to talk to his son. Through the door. Ah, uh, uh, the feels, bro. Ah, it's it's so powerful. He can't. He he wants to open the door for his dad, I think, but he can't do it. He's tied up. He can't say anything. He can't do anything. He just has to sit there and listen to his father pour his heart out to him, just hoping that his son will open up to him. And he he can't. Oh, I thought- it hurts so much. I thought that was pretty funny. Well, not funny, but this is my ironic. Ironic would be the word. Yes. 
Um. All right. So, how'd you feel about the uh, the action of this film? Action was pretty good. They didn't scamp out on it. Not no, the best. I... Sorry. Oh, the, I was just gonna say it's not obviously it's not the best action I've ever seen in anything, but it's like it's choreographed very well. The animation services it very well. It's very it's very poppy and vibrant. The same thing I said about uh, Spectacular Spider-Man. I don't know if it's better. It was okay, talking strictly yeah. about action and combat, um, but it's it, it's a similar feel of like this is very poppy and vibrant and colorful, and like the movements feel very fluent. Yeah, that they feel it feels like a fluid watching. Yes. I especially, like, uh, I hate to bring this back up again. Something especially animated well in fight scenes are Dr. Octopus's tentacles. That is true. The The fight with Doc Ock was very well animated, very well done. Like her fucking cutting trees in half to get to them. Peter, you didn't tell me you had an invisible friend. <laughs> I, I, I actually... Yeah. I love Olivia Octavius a lot, actually. I really do, too. <laughs> Alright, do you want to get to the final act of this? Uh, sure. So how did you feel about like the ending with Miles Morales finally, I guess, maturing enough? It's beautiful. It's great. Like, again, I, I just want to stress to the listeners and to you, um, my preference of Peter Parker is very personal, but that does not detract from my appreciation for Miles Morales' character arc in this movie. It is brilliant, it is executed brilliantly, and the ending is, like, perfect. It's actually amazing. The ending is definitely perfect. I really liked fucking... I really liked all of their final talks. The ending was brilliant with fucking... Kingpin seeing his family in the train and they're witnessing him do the same thing to Miles Morales and then they Oh, ah, it hurts. It hurts a lot actually. Ah. You can physically feel his pain. The fact that he just drops everything he's doing even when he was about to kill Spider-Man and he's like, no, no, come back, etc, etc. Also, on a less a less emotional note, well, it actually is emotional, but less like gut wrenchingly sad and more just like a little sad and a little nice. Uh, the the fact that Miles finishes off Kingpin with the fucking shoulder touch. <laughs> <laughs> that that was funny. We we didn't discuss the shoulder touch thing because I think that's very funny. I like <laughs> I, I I like how that's like a pervasive theme throughout the movie that keeps coming back up. Is Uncle Aaron's dumb fucking flirt shoulder touch technique? That that was funny. Um, as I, like, hey, he, hey. <laughs> like well, we we did talk about the hair thing. I'm not sure we specifically we mentioned. talked about the hair thing, but I don't think we discussed like the actual context of the shoulder touch and it being the the Uncle Aaron way. <laughs> Yeah, alright. Um, let's see. Uh, I did like... I, the one thing about this ending that confuses me is the Penny Parker stuff. Um, what do you mean? What what part of that confuses I, you? There isn't enough of a spotlight on her for me to feel bad about the robot. Well, I don't think you're necessarily supposed to feel that bad about the robot. The spider survives, I think. And that's like the real substance of that 
being. I think the whole thing about behind Penny Parker is that that spider is controlling the robot. So, like, the real relationship is with the spider. So you're supposed to be like, oh, this is kind of sad because he lost his body. But, like, we can still be have a smile on her face because the spider survived. That she's going to go home and get a new body. I guess. But I, I don't know. I did, like, the spider noir bit where he's just holding a Rubik's Cube and he's so confused about it. <laughs> I'm taking this cube thing with me. I don't understand it, but I will. <laughs> and I think the joke is there because his universe is in black and white. He doesn't, yeah, under- yeah. He doesn't understand color. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Where uh, I go, the wind follows. <laughs> the spider noir is also very good. Yeah. It's fucking Nick. I cannot believe Nicholas Cage acted. Sometimes I let a match burn down to my fingers to feel something, anything. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah, speaking of Spider Noir, I want to mention him in his own comic. Do you know about Mary Jane in the fucking comic? In the Spider Noir comic? Yeah. No. Mary Jane is a communist. Fucking based. <laughs> no. Well, well, the, okay, if she's actually like a Soviet-era Stalin-following communist, then maybe not base. <laughs> he went to spite in the Sp- Spanish Civil War. It's the entire fucking thing. Spider-Man is fighting the Nazis because it's like World War II era, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? This wasn't a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get you. I understand. <laughs> that is funny, though. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Uh, let's see. Um, are you ready to move on to the three questions? Well, well, first of all, it's four questions, and I know what my answer to one of them is. God <laughs> damn right, it! Right I... off the bat, uh, so we got we got to talk about uh, what character we're most sexually attracted to in the film. Um, and I don't, I, I don't think this is gonna shock anyone when I say Gwen Stacy. <laughs> She's like fourteen. No, she's not. She's like 16. And also, she's a fictional character, and it doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Whatever. I'm gonna say... uh, Oh, fuck it. I'll say Spider-Noir. Yo, let's go! Uh, Nicolas Cage. Truly a sexy person. He's a sexy man. All right. Hold on, let me open Not up. that Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Alright. Alright, uh, so who's your favorite character? A part of me wants to say Dr. Octopus, but it's gotta be Miles. It has to. There are strong has. cases to be made for, like, literally every character in this movie. Um... And Miles does have an especially strong case, but first of all, I don't want to pick the same thing as you, and second of all, we all know where my Spider-Man appreciation lies. Okay, hold on. Uh, so, I'm going to give it to... Yes? Don't choose an option because I chose the other option. No, 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 no. that's not the only reason. I'm just saying, like, there are several reasons, the least of which is that you also that you picked Miles, but I have other reasons, too. I'm going to go with Peter B. Parker. Okay. Um, because I really appreciate his character arc of kind of losing his way as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man as we would know him. Um, and the youthful, uh, opt- not optimism, he's not very optimistic throughout most of the movie. 
but it's like the youthful naivete of Miles and having being dragged into kind of like teaching him the ways kind of brings him back and makes him realize what he's been doing wrong all of this time. And I really appreciate that character arc. It does feel right with Peter Parker because he's Peter Parker's a very complicated character. He goes through phases. Um and the worst case scenario being this is definitely is definitely in line with Peter Parker's character. He lost he lost the people he cares about. Uh he kind of just loses his way. Um and then Miles helps him get it back and I appreciate that a lot. Uh, I'm going with Peter B. Parker. All right. Um, uh, what about your favorite scene? Come on. There's only one scene. There's <laughs> only one scene. <laughs> it's got to be the, my enemies call me uh, Dr. Octopus. Yeah, that is a very good scene. But there's a lot of really good scenes in this movie. Uh, I got to think. I got to, like, Jimmy Neutron brain blast this. There's so many choices. Uh, I guess right. pro- probably the Uncle Aaron reveal. Yeah. Uh, cause I really do like, it's definitely like the, one of the most emotional impact of emotionally impactful moments of the film where like, it's immediately miles is like, he's lost his way. Um, he's run away from school. He's like kind of stuck up in this whole Spider-Man thing. And he's like texting his uncle Aaron, like, man, you're the only one I feel like I can talk to. I miss you. Uh, and then immediately he fa- he realizes he's a supervillain, and you can just see the fucking like fear and shock in his eyes, and like the music score goes up in such a great way. Um, I think the presentation of that little scene is brilliant, so I'm gonna go ahead and give it to that. Yeah, that that makes all right. And what was your reading out of ten, Riley? Okay, so. Real quick, I have to justify this, because I have said that I like Spectacular Spider-Man more than this movie, and that still holds up. I gave season one of Spectacular 9 out of 10, but my rating of that whole series is certainly a 10 out of 10. I just think that season two is stronger, and we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, So even though I do like Spectacular more, I am still fully willing and definitely going to give this film a 10 out of 10. I, you know what? I was going to give it a 10 out of 10, and then I was thinking in my mind, maybe I'll give it a 9.5 out of but no, you're right. It's, like, definitely a 10 out of 10. It is the perfect film. I, I wouldn't call it perfect. There, there are better films out there, but, like, I Green cannot Goblin. name a flaw with this film besides, like, shitty semantics like Green Goblin who only appears in the movie for two minutes total and really pr- provides nothing to the plot one way or the other. Hey Riley. What's up? Green Goblin these nuts. Whoa! Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty funny. <laughs> good I good like job. It. Got the whole squad I laughing. Think, I think this might be the first time we've ever had a review that's the, the same. same score, yeah, probably. Yeah. Let me let me eh, check. Maybe we've given the same re- the score to a Breaking Bad season before. <laughs> let me check. Um. Oh, yep. We gave uh, last season of Breaking Bad a ten out of ten. Both. Okay. Yeah, because that the season Breaking Bad also a ten out of ten show in general. But I had to rate the individual seasons scaling with each other. Let's see. Um. Oh, we gave Brave and uh, Breaking Bad season three the same rating as well. What was that, a nine? Up, uh, yeah, in season one. Okay. Is, there, is your little HTML thing updated? Yes, it is. You can check it out right now. 
speaking of that, if you want to see our list of movies and stuff that we reviewed, you can go to the Discord and look at announcements. There you're going to see an HTML file with all the shit we have. By the way, I want to talk to you about that later. I, I just wanted to say real quick, maybe I'm just stupid and I don't know how HTML works, but could you not just apply that HTML code to a website so that it would update dy- dynamically and people wouldn't have to download a new file every time? Yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about, actually. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, should we stop recording? Well, we got to do an outro. Um, do you have anything you want to plug or anyone you want to hug, Kathy? I've been Kathy, and uh, and uh, that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> okay. Um, you can find me. Um. There's a couple places you can find me, um, but besides here, The Issue Crew, which, uh, please listen to the main show, keep listening to this show, The Issue Crew is a very important project to me, and I want to see it go far, um, but outside of that, I think my other most significant project is uh, Detour Ahead, um, which is a podcast I have with my friend Kolochu. Um, we talk about topics each week, but usually it devolves into uh, tangents, um, and also we usually try to have guests on. It's a, it's a very good show. It's a very great time. Uh, we do not get enough listeners on it at all. Um, I, I think the highest view count we've gotten on an episode of that show so far is four. So <laughs> please check out Detour Ahead. It is very good, I promise. If you've, if you've made it this far into this podcast, I think you might like Detour Ahead, unless you literally don't like us and you just like hearing literally anybody talk about Spider-Verse. Um, so just go to anchor.fm slash detour ahead or look up detour ahead on Spotify or Apple podcasts. All right. Um, and that's it. Uh, so thank you for listening to issue crew movie reviews. We got to talk about what movie we're reviewing next. And I just want to say, so we won't go into too much detail. Um, but I will say, uh, me and Kathy had an argument earlier. I would like to promise you, Kathy that I was going to do this to you long before we had that argument. Oh, wait, hold on, Riley. Before you torture me, uh-huh. I have found the ultimate weapon. Okay. What is your weapon? Just to let you know. Is, I have are, found, are you not going to tell me what the weapon is? Or are you gonna tell I have me? found an art house math documentary. I feel like I would be genuinely interested in a math documentary. Really? How long is the documentary? About a one and a half hours. Honestly, I would watch that. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I have tons of other art house movies, like that art house French movie. Uh oh. <laughs> hey, listen. I just want to give it to the record, folks. No matter what I pick to torture uh, Kathy here, it's all going to be in English because I am a gracious, fair person. Who do, does not want to put people through reading subtitles? Uh, I also, but Kathy does not share that same kindness. But for the record, I have also found, I guess, the second ultimate weapon, because I found an art house movie made by Giancarlo Espinado. That I, I want to see that. That's not the ultimate weapon. That's when can we review that? <laughs> as soon I'm, as possible, I want to review that. All right. <laughs> Uh, but the movie I'm making you watch is a movie that I, I like saw half of at work and genuinely enjoyed what I saw. Um, and I want to talk, I want to watch it. Um, but Kathy is going to absolutely despise it and everything that it stands for. Um, join us next week 
uh, for a little bit of an early Christmas special as we review the film Christmas Cupid. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself live on stream. <laughs> and my suicide note ABC is going to ABC Family original film Christmas Cupid. All right, I'm using the fucking nuke next time. I will search for the worst fucking art house movie imaginable. Oh no. <laughs> I just want to watch the dumb Christmas. It's not even entirely to torture you. It's just this is the p- podcast where I review movies and I want to talk about the dumb Christmas movie. I'm taking the fucking Sar Bomba. Oh shit. What uh, time is it? It's 10.08. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. We should be fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> listen, Ida. The fuck. Listen, Kathy. <laughs> This is not entirely to torture you. I, I just want you to know that. I just want you to know that you you have signed up to be my movie review co-host, and I want to review this film separately from how I know you're going to feel about it. This is not entirely a slight towards you. Okay, I'll tell you what. Okay. I, I want to nuke you, but I also want to... You can watch- nuke me? I will watch whatever three-hour garbage you want me to if it's in English. That is all I ask of you. I will watch a fucking five-hour art house film if it's in the English language. Well, here's the thing. I also really want to watch that Giancarlo Esposito film. Me too. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um... All right. We'll see you next week, then. Yeah, see you next week for Christmas Coop, Cupid, folks. <laughs> the Christmas Coop? Chris, Christmas Coop, that's right. It's a movie about chickens <laughs> having Christmas. That's, that's not what it is. That's not Christmas Coop, you tot? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> see you next time, folks. Mr. President, watch out. It's Santa Claus.